Get Cynical, season three, the Halloween special <laughs> in, uh, in September. It's, uh, it's the episode on the most frightening movie Max Landis has ever made, <laughs> Victor Frankenstein. And it's what a what what a movie what what a what a film and we brought uh we brought Victor Frankenstein expert and super fan mm-hmm. Hessa once again back on the show to talk about um <laughs> to talk about uh, Victor Frankenstein Hessa uh what what's your history with Victor Frankenstein since I, I believe you've gotten up to some Twitter shenanigans regarding that yes. movie. I forced the Victor Frankenstein Twitter off of the internet because <laughs> they um, they still had like the Twitter like up. It was still up like um, and running in like 2022. So I just kept like retweeting all of their old tweets where it's like "Happy Easter" from the Victor Frankenstein team. <laughs> like, um, I the Easter one was the funniest because it was like a rabbit that lays eggs. I bet Victor could think of a use for such a creature. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kept I, retweeting that with this the image. Um, and eventually, they I did it so much that they deleted the account. <laughs> I try. I tried to get the uh, the Belfast account to do that once. I, I tried. I like. I kept sending them like the smile dog image, like, like <laughs> all these like creepy pasta images, and tried to get them to either block me or deactivate the account. <laughs> like I sent them Ben drowned, and I'm like, I was like, sorry that you didn't win, but um, <laughs> Jeff I didn't the have any is luck. coming for you. <laughs> the Belfast account was very savvy. I, I posted several like fake images um, of me having just watched the film for the sixth time, trying to get to retweet me, and they never did. They saw I, uh, through it every single time. I yeah no I, I was try I was trying to like I like found like a black and white like creepy photo of like Slenderman or something. And I posted it and like what did this shot mean? And, <laughs> They just never, never responded to me. It was, it was very sad. Hopefully next Oscar season, there's a really bad, uh, really bad, like middle brow movie your grandparents love that I can, I can send threatening messages to. I, well, I just discovered that Dracula Untold still has its, um, all right. <laughs> I just retweeted something from it just now. Dracula, um, the untold story. What about a uh, Hansel and Gretel, the, the gritty Hansel and Gretel reboot? Oh my uh, god, that one Gretel, Gretel. Witch Hunters or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. The one with Jeremy Renner. I think that one I think that one needs some attention. <laughs> Have the perfect Dracula Untold Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's literally what uh, it says. That's what like a great, literally the tweet. What a great time to be alive. Like what a what a wonderful time where like, you know, people hadn't realized that gritty reboots are the worst idea in history and they worked yeah. exactly once. And people hadn't quite caught on to that yet, so they're just like, "All right, what what can we give like a, a gritty reboot to?" And then they'd be like, "Um, uh, how about uh, you know, the, the Skeleton Man?" And, <laughs> and like everyone in Hollywood would be like, "Yeah, that's a million dollar idea." Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's pour millions into this. Here's two hundred million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Just because of how big the Dark Knight was, it's so funny. <laughs> it's also so funny. It's like, it's like you know, they gave gritty reboots to superheroes, but they were so desperate that they were just like, you know, we're gonna give gritty reboots to like uh, ghouls and goblins. General, like that's that's the next that's the next logical step. Uh, 
Esther just sent a photo of a hashtag remix Dracula Untold. Heard your song. Have your song heard by millions. If you if you remix the theme song, you can get retweeted. Oh, my God. I hope we can find some of that. Yeah. Okay. But Victor Frankenstein, I've been really excited to talk about this one because um, this one, you know, we, we've been wading through Max's really bad rom-coms for a while. You know, his... All of the stuff we've done, except for Chronicle, has been rom-com shit, basically. Like, we've had to dip into so many movies called, like, The Incident that uh, have his, like, horrible, horrible stamp put upon it. And uh, this is his... This is his return to his genre roots after Chronicle. And I was I was hoping for like a true train wreck because the disappointing thing about the season so far is that like aside from the two YouTube videos he did, nothing he's done has been like an outright shit show in the way I was hoping for. Most of it's just kind of bland and boring. Like it's yeah, he, he could be any Hollywood nepotism case, but um the, this was everything I hoped for. It was a true moron brilliant movie just one of the most pristine jewels of stupid ideas i've ever seen in my life so my favorite part my favorite line was when they're like designing the monster and it's like they because there's a scene where they like explain they have to explain the science behind why the monster is large and they're like well if it's larger it'll be able to you know distribute the energy it'll um, there's so much energy we need to make it larger which I think is like the opposite of how that works <laughs> yeah. I, that's like why there aren't like germs that are like very that are the size of dogs or anything because they just like can't function because like yeah they're like oh it's got to have a big chest so that it has two hearts two lungs and then also um, I'm giving it a flathead just because I like that <laughs> and it's like okay but so you didn't why even explain any of that shit then? <laughs> it's like so stupid. Yeah. This movie has like the biggest gulf between how smart it thinks it is and how deeply stupid it actually is that maybe I've ever seen. It's like, incredible. It clearly like, thinks it's so fucking clever. Um, but there's just like nothing going on whatsoever. It's the 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 best part to me was just whenever someone has to say like the Frankenstein's name. And it's just like they have a part where like the the religious cop just shouts at the end like out of my way Frankenstein, <laughs> <laughs> or um, when it, like in the climax of it he's like people aren't gonna remember the name Victor Frankenstein. Yeah, no, there's so many moments where they're like my favorite. I also love um, people will remember the monster and not the name or not the man. <laughs> yeah, she's like, it's like shut, shut up. up. It's so it's so yeah. funny. It's great. It's, it's like everything in this movie is like it's like if you had to write a new version of Frankenstein, but all you knew is like tweets about Frankenstein and you watched Young Frankenstein one time. Like yeah. that's the only reference points they have. This this literally is like if Young Frankenstein was serious. <laughs> like that's that's yeah. the only way I can describe this movie is if like you took out all the jokes from Young Frankenstein. Yeah. It's like it how you know Doctor Strangelove is the comedy version of that other script for like a serious movie. It's like that in yeah. reverse, basically. Yeah, no. It literally, I mean, yeah, it, it's so, it's just unbelievable. It's such an unbelievably boneheaded idea for a movie. It's like, yeah, we really need to give like the serious treatment to, to Frankenstein because like, it's like, 
there's like a hundred Frankenstein movies already. And like, it's not even like, you know, I don't know, like the Island of Dr. Moreau or something where none of the movies are like particularly beloved. It's like the Frankenstein movies are generally considered like the best classic horror movies. Yeah, so it's so like Bride of Frankenstein is a, an amazing movie. So it's so funny to be like, yeah, we need to outsmart the old Frankenstein story. And the <laughs> Frankenstein part is that like in the book, Frankenstein talks and is like yeah. talking about his like about the nature of life and humanity with like the doctor and like having like intelligent discussions with the doctor it's like it's all there make yeah. the monster yeah. like a guy who's like talking to the doctor and like if you want to do it smart you can just can you can that's what i was about to say yeah like frankenstein was already the smart like clever version of itself that had something to say this is just like what if the very basic outline of the story of Frankenstein happened again? Like, there's no, like, twist on it at all. It's just the story of Frankenstein. Yeah. Well, you get a lot more Igor, who isn't With in the a little novel. more Igor, yeah. You get, you, get a, you get a whole lot of Igor this time. Really it's, made it's me a... rethink how disrespectfully I've treated Igor in the past. <laughs> yeah, I bet you really, I bet you feel foolish for... Yeah ignoring Igor's agency and yeah. thinking of him as just a mere hunchback when he's not even really hunchbacked. I bet you guys didn't know that. He just has an access. Yeah. <laughs> you, I love how there's the, one of the most incredible scenes in this movie is when he rearranges, like, you know, Igor, he's not a hunchback in this. He, he has like a giant pus glob and an abscess on his back and they drain it. And the scene where he, they drain it and then he straightens out his spine, like, I, I don't want to do, like, a homoerotic reading of this movie because, like, that's what all the letterbox reviews are and it, it's it's horrible. But the scene where he does that, they're, like, positioned like they're fucking. Yeah. Like, it looks like they're fucking. Like, it, it's, like, perfectly aligned that it looks <laughs> like just James McAvoy is fucking dicking yeah. him down. Just it's, slamming him into a pillar, yeah. And yeah. he literally sucks the pus out of his back. That's, like, literally sucks yeah. it and spits it out. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's horrifying. It's, it's incredible. It's and really like, upsetting. It, one of the best parts, too, is, like, the way they have him walk for as soon as he gets, like, his back straightened out. It just looks like Igor got a BBL. Like, he's still <laughs> still got, like, yeah, a Yeah, he's, like, leaning body. forward. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> it's incredible. He walks like Stabler from uh, SVU. <laughs> yeah no like he has gorilla body yeah no the the okay this movie begins in mag magnificent moron fashion by having like a uh i think igor do a voiceover and say like you already know this tale a but here's what you don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they they cut to igor in a circus and they have Igor staring around and he has like he has like Igor vision where like he'll <laughs> look at someone's body and he'll see like all the little or organs inside and like all the all the little molecules yeah. like he's Spider-Man or something. It's it's yeah. just stolen from the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes. Like it, it's it's yeah. it's almost literally like this is movie is basically the combination of the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes and the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Um and it's a really toxic uh brew. It's yeah. a toxic brew. It's really not good. It feels like Max Landis wrote like a spec script for a Christopher Nolan Batman movie. And when that got rejected, <laughs> he turned it into the Frankenstein movie. 
because it's got all the same shit that the Dark Knight does. Like, you know, they have the, it's again, amazing decision since they have the stuff, you know, in the Dark Knight, they have like five minutes for each gadget where they explain the science behind it and how it should work. But they do that for Frankenstein's monster in this movie. <laughs> yeah, in literally. the lightning machine. <laughs> so they, they copy like the technology fetish from the Nolan Batman movies, but instead it's like, yeah, this is how we're going to resurrect the creature. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a, unreal. A, it's so wonderful. Yeah. And oh, you know, like, the, the impetus of that is, like, Max Landis is like, oh, what if Frankenstein was real, how would the science work? And it's like, that's the <laughs> yeah. least interesting part about Frankenstein. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, and the science doesn't seem like... I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a scientist, but the scientist doesn't seem to check out very well either. They just have, like, a lot of sketchings of body parts, and that's it. Yeah, but they yeah they have the uh, Igor vision, and what happens is is um one of the trapeze artists in the circus in the very evil Nightmare Alley circus that Igor works at, uh, she falls down and he saves her life, which impresses uh, Victor Frankenstein. He saves her life by doing a dry surgery in under a minute with absolutely no preparation. <laughs> <laughs> we're just popping her shoulder back into place, basically. Yeah, literally, like her <laughs> shoulder like pops out and. Victor Frankenstein, the brilliant doctor, is like, her shoulders popped out and she can't breathe now. And Igor's like, how do we save her? And he's like, we literally can't. We're not <laughs> we in an can't. operating room. We can't. Yeah. And then and he, just... he takes Victor Frankenstein's pocket watch and just slams it into her collarbone. And it <laughs> saves her life. And he's yeah, he like, the... wow, that was so brilliant. Yeah, this is the story of Igor becoming a chiropractor. Yeah, no, there's so much <laughs> chiropracting going on in this movie. Yeah. I'm all the science in this movie is chiropracting. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, it's just people getting their spine just absolutely demolished. It's so funny. But they, 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 have, the, they have that great little intro moment. And then, you know, Victor, uh, what is it? Victor comes back to free Igor. And I have this big chase where Victor Frankenstein ends up killing someone in self-defense. No, he and, he gets someone else to kill someone. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He does like remember? a trick where he like they're in the hall of mirrors, and he makes it look like the one of the guys who's chasing them is his reflection. So another because <laughs> they're being chased by circus freaks. So what the like the knife thrower is chasing them, just like, tossing <laughs> knives at them with shurikens. And yeah, he throws the knife through the mirror and kills the other circus guy. Oh, uh, yeah. And they, it's all shot in, like, this, like, COD 300 slow-mo the yeah, entire it's, time. Yeah. It's, it's like they made this scene, this whole, like, opening of this movie to be, like, an early 2000s lazy video game tie-in, like, level. Yeah. He's doing, like, parkour <laughs> combat shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This... This movie is like a, it's like, it is like a Frankenstein's monster of like all the bad ideas from the previous 10 years of movies, basically. <laughs> yeah. Like you've got the parkour action, you've got the like, you know, stop, start, slow-mo, you've got the, the like, you know, the gritty reboot of it all, the needless lore dumps, like you have all of that kind of crammed in here. The tongue-in-cheek, like, oh, this isn't Frankenstein as you've seen him before, I suppose. Yeah, this, is your, this isn't your grandma's Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, with the young Frankenstein comparison, I literally forgot they do the same Frankenstein, Frankenstein bit 
from yeah. they literally from, do. <laughs> they have the part where someone calls him like ah Frankenstein. He says it's Frankenstein. It's like what, what are you doing? It's so what real. It's oh god. Yeah, it's funny because like like normally when they do the gritty reboot of like the Hammer horror movies, they're like we're gonna do a lot of references to the original film from the 30s. But this movie's like no, there's nothing like that. It's the reference to the Bell Brooks movie from the 70s. Yeah, literally, the scene where um they go to the party has to be my favorite scene. I guess we can go in order. Yeah, we because we talked about when he takes Igor home and like uh, fucks his back, you know, back into shape. Yes, and then he's like, Igor, your name is Igor now because um, that's my that was my roommate's name. Um, and then basically he's like, Igor, I'm working on a secret project, so I'm going to need you to reanimate individual body parts for me, and then I'll take them downstairs for my secret project. And Igor's like, duh, what's the secret project? <laughs> like, what do you think, bro? <laughs> Literally, like... <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. They they also one thing that's very of its time about this movie is that they so they have to have Victor Frankenstein be like an erratic genius and the way they do that is they basically just make him Iron Man like they just have him do yep. like the kind of Tony Stark like quip shit the entire time oh yeah and it's iconic just yeah like um like when he's like there's all sorts of stuff where he's just like this isn't gonna work this isn't gonna work up oh, it worked or whatever like they they have the type of you know, Tony Stark is a, like Robert Downey Jr. kind of banter. And it's, it, God, this movie is just such a, like an insane mishmash of like everything wrong with this period in time. And we, we, we also have to talk about, uh, touch on two other things before we push forward on the plot summary. Okay, so was I the only one who thought that like every single shot in this movie looks wrong? Like there, it's, it's, <laughs> It's hard to define, like, what exactly it's not doing right, but, like, nothing about this looks like it should. I I was, like, it looked like I was, I felt like I was in a theater that was playing the movie, like, way too dim. Like, that <laughs> happened to me one time when I was watching, like, one of the Harry Potter movies in a theater when it, like, had just come out. Yeah. And, like... There was like something wrong with the projector bulb, and I was like, "What is going on? This looks like shit." And I felt like that, but I was watching it on my TV at home. Which <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, it's like half-heartedly, half-heartedly committing to like the Nolan Dark Knight, like steely blue, like super uh, glossy look. Um, but also, it's weird because it's in like 1800s London, so everything is also like has to be like dirty and shitty so it, it looks like a call of duty game a lot of the time it literally it literally does yeah it reminds me you know what it looks like is the game kill zone for the playstation yes. <laughs> i don't know if anyone remembers that game i do i know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah no uh we also have to talk about the performances in this movie because uh they're like it's tricky because you've got james mcavoy who's just doing uh a mix of his X-Men first class performance and yeah. Iron Man. And then you got Daniel Radcliffe who is in his, I need to shave off. I need to get out of the Harry Potter mold by any means necessary phase of his career. Yeah. And then you got like a, another cast of like character actors throughout and Andrew Scott, Andrew Scott playing and... Moriarty. Yep. Yes. 
Um, and the the most depressing one of them all, Charles Dance, yeah. shows up. For when one Charles scene. Dance showed up, I almost cried. I was like, God damn it, this is yeah. Charles Dance is like I think the gulf he has the largest gulf in history between the quality of his acting and the quality of movies he is in. <laughs> like I think, like who else in history was in so much dog shit? Max Monsadow. Max is Monsa- a contender but Max Monsa- for sure. He was at least in like Bergman movies during the fifties. Like, that's true. That's true. Where like Charles Dance has <laughs> never gotten any respect as an actor. He has only been in complete fucking dog shit, and he's one of like one of the most talented actors alive. It's insane how it's just like there's just absolutely no competition like that the only like the only other one would be like what al jolson maybe like it's it's just it's insane (laughs) like someone as talented as this is just like all right charles we need you for some bullshit again like okay he's just so good at being the like Stern, scary British guy, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, okay, we need one of those for Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Will you be in it? It's like, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's literally like if Jonathan Banks was never in any, like, never got the chance to be in Breaking Bad. <laughs> like, he just has a career of just being in like Beverly Hills Cop or whatever. Like, that's his <laughs> whole fucking life, and it's so so depressing to see such an immense talent like him having to say shit like. You're you're a disgrace to the name Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> that line was I was like I almost died. <laughs> it's, I, it's, the performances in this McAvoy, the scene where they go to a party, and so like McAvoy is like I was invited to a ball. You're coming with me, Igor. Try not to embarrass me, Igor. And then it cuts to him like I guess pretending to be drunk. And I guess, like, I feel like the only direction Max Landis was giving was, like, louder and bang on the table more. <laughs> and because he's like, this is truly my the most baffling scene in the movie to me is when, because they're, like, sitting with two women and he's, like, banging his fists on the table like Mussolini going, like, <laughs> no, in vitro fertilization is possible. It's possible. See, like, <laughs> and the women are just like, wow, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just doing a supervillain speech in the middle of like this ball where he's just like, "Ah, yes, but the 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 eggs of the woman are not needed anymore with science." Yeah, it's, and it's bit... it it really brought me back to the Shane Dawson movie that I watched because of you two. Um, yeah, <laughs> which because it just didn't cut, it just refused to cut away from this thing that was happening that was not funny <laughs> and not yeah. working, and it just like was lingering on it for so long. Yeah, very very yeah. strange, very strange scene. Not sure why it was in there. It, there's no clear like concept of who Frankenstein, like what the take on Frankenstein is in this movie, because obviously like in every other movie he's just kind of the mad scientist, which is fine. But in this movie he's like ten different kinds of like you know like you say Spencer, he's like Tony Stark, but he's also like an action hero or like the, the yeah, he's Holmes. doing like he's doing like ninja flips in the beginning <laughs> <It's so fucking laughs> never weird. comes back it's yeah. like if you're gonna make a movie called victor frankenstein in 2015 you should have like some new idea of what you want to do about that character there's just like 
there's just no coherent idea at all. Yeah, and I mean McAvoy is having fun, and by he he's like he's doing the same overacting he does in every single fucking movie he's in. But like he he is he is having a good time just doing like not given a character, so he's just like, all right, I'm going to play this role in as many different ways as I possibly can. Like yeah. this is the this is to him the most expensive actor's workshop in the world, basically. <laughs> I I also love. Um, at the party scene when he meets the girl who is the trapeze artist from the beginning, who is inexplicably no longer working at the circus because a gay man like whisked her away and made her a billionaire. And like, um, (laughs) and they're both at the party, like on a balcony pointing down because they both, they each have a gay man that they're, that saved them. (laughs) That is on the bottom floor of the party making a scene. And they're just like, that's my gay guy who's being loud. Oh, that's so my bizarre. gay guy who's being loud. <laughs> like, it's incredible. Yeah, no, the it's just fantastic. And then you have a uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Um, he's he's fine. He's he's doing his thing where he's just like you know kind of meek the entire time. And yeah, scared. he's doing like Elijah Wood style. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is funny that, like, Daniel Radcliffe, you know, he was so desperate to not be Harry Potter anymore. And the way he managed to do that, it's like, yeah, what if I'm the, the guy who looks exactly like me? <laughs> what if I become that guy instead? Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he, I, I do, I, I admire him, honestly, in his, like, the last 10 years since Harry Potter ended. He's just refused to do any real acting ever again. Yeah. It's like, what Which, if I was the fucking farting corpse in the farting corpse movie, or like, uh, or or Igor, Victor Frankenstein, or the fucking um, what was that Guns Akimbo movie? Like, yeah, he just wants to torch his image so bad. Yeah, that he'll just it's cool. <laughs> like, it's it's a good thing for a, the most former most famous actor on the planet to do is just like I don't want to be famous anymore. <laughs> yeah, I my favorite um like post movie like post famous character turnaround is probably Pierce Brosnan who went from like playing James Bond to being in like the matador and just playing like a paunchy like evil guy with like a beard who's like fuck you just like <laughs> went on to play like the biggest assholes just to ha- and has like a great time in every single role hot fuzz one, yes. one one of the best villain performances of all time oh that's timothy dalton timothy dalton i got him wrong yeah. sorry that's another <laughs> guy Brosnan, him too um, pierce Brosnan yeah. did you mama mia knowing full well he did not know how to sing yeah <laughs> oh my god he's so iconic Almost- all the, all the, almost all the Bonds, except for uh, Sean Connery, like, even Sean Connery with fucking Zardoz, like, they all played the role for, like, eight years and resented it so much, they just were like, yeah, I'm going to just destroy my reputation in any way possible. Except Roger but... Moore. Roger Moore's like, I would never destroy my reputation. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and all the other ones, it's like, yeah, okay, what's the farthest I can do from this? What's the, what's the dumbest guy I can play? yeah. Oh man. So, yeah, they they've got they've got and you to round out the cast. They do have uh Andrew Scott who is like um a very meek, very religious man who keeps giving speeches about like what you are doing is an affront to God. It is the work of a demon throughout. He he's he's this very, you know, frightened uh religious character or whatever. And um what what's our read on that? What's our read on since we've been having trouble getting a 
getting a grasp on Max Landis as a person, but what's what's our read on this character and how he ties into the Landis worldview? I mean, the whole, Landisology the whole... is is a uh, total. <laughs> yeah. It's a very compelling. Yeah, it's a complicated auteur. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this whole thing is is Max's idea of a movie having a theme, right? It's like, all right, so the theme is uh, religion versus science, and one character is going to be the religion character, and one character is <laughs> going to be the science <laughs> character, and they're going to have like a physical fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, literally, and neither of them are right or wrong. <laughs> you know they're they're both. They're yeah, both. we're not coming to any conclusions. <laughs> well, There's Frankenstein just... discovers at the end he the when the monster is born and in the movie for under a minute, um, <laughs> yeah. he is like actually no, I. But no. then he changes his mind. <laughs> he changes his mind at the end. Yeah, and he says like or like he like he re- has the ending where he's like this isn't life. This is death. And so they have to kill the Frankenstein's monster. And then they have the tag at the end where they say, like, he says, like, I think I know what wrong went wrong last time, Igor. And I'm assembling a team. And I'm looking for you. <laughs> yeah, literally Nick Fury shows up in the form yeah, of, like, Tom Cruise's character from The Mummy. Like, yeah, present they day. Yes. <laughs> They're, like, teasing a dark universe at the end or it's whatever. So cool. <laughs> it's so cool to do a sequel tease for a Frankenstein movie because it's, like, the only sequel you could make is just making this movie again. Like, yeah. It's the only thing he does. Yeah, like, literally, what would it be? Bride of Frankenstein? Yeah. God, imagine if they ruined that one, too. That would be that would be. I would they kill myself. Yeah. Yeah, no, they really wanted to. This, this was a full-on box office catastrophe. It, it grossed... 34 million against 40 million. <laughs> That's like that that cost a lot of money for people. <laughs> um oh, I wanted to also mention um uh, about the filmmaking. The 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 uh, the director is arguably even more culpable than Max is here too because like the direction is so fucking bad. Like they have Wait, this he one didn't part- direct this. No, he didn't. He only wrote it. Oh my god. The director is some like a uh, completely anonymous guy. But the, uh, the his name is Paul McGuigan, and he uh, he has directed movies such as Lucky Number Slevin. That's oh the my god! Reckoning, and film stars don't die in Liverpool. Yeah, his, <laughs> his filmography is awesome because it's just like here's like seven of of every kind of movie. <laughs> here's or here's one of each. I've made ten movies. That's it. I'm never directing again. I'm gonna go do some TV. I'm going to do some episodes of The Sherlock Show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, but the the director, there's this one insane moment where he, like, just every single scene, it feels like he's hopping the 180-degree rule. Like, there's a scene where, you know, I think it's like Victor Frankenstein is talking to um, the the gay guy in in the... um, in the library together and the gay guy's threatening him oh and he him hunter schaefer yeah yeah and they (laughs) and they uh they like just cut to the exact opposite angle and i was like what what i never noticed that shit but it's insane just how bad like on a basic coherence level this is it's or like the scene where you know the the big like you know second act uh sad sad part is when Igor gets tied up and dropped into a river and like it's it's resolved so fast like they they have the gay guy reveals like okay um you know they have a they have a 
you know, Hunt Schaefer say uh, that, like, you know, <laughs> uh, I have my own agenda, too. I want to control this new technology. And then he, like, ties up Igor and then drops him off a bridge. And then Igor escapes, but they, like, gloss over it. Like, yeah. I, had to re- I had to rewind the movie. It's like, what the, the what just happened? Yeah, like, it, I was just... <laughs> it felt like I blinked and he went from being, like, in a bag in a river to, like, hanging off a cliff. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely had no idea what happened. Yeah, no, I was like, uh, what, did I zone out? I had to go back. It's like, no, they just like, <laughs> they just don't, they just barely show anything happening. Yeah. No, it's yeah. wild. This, like, I mean, you could like, a camel could pass through the holes in this, the plot holes in this <laughs> It's like wild. <laughs> it's great. I, um, I also love, uh, you know, there's the speech where Max, you know, they, they have, the Igor and Frankenstein relationship is basically like, you know, an, an abusive relationship where they have, you know, uh, he's like, oh, I'm your partner, but then I'm controlling you or whatever. And they have this speech where they have, uh, you know, Victor Frankenstein tells Igor, without, I created you, I rescued you, without me, you're nothing. And I'm like, is that is that the speech Max Landis gives to like his girlfriends when they try and break up with him since it, it feels like the speech he would give to a girlfriend. Yeah, it's, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, without me, you're nothing. I created you. I'm the reason you exist. I gave you your name or whatever. Oh man. It's yeah. uh, it's, it's quite something. And they also have, I think the funniest part of this movie is they have uh, they give Frankenstein some tragic backstory. And the reason why, the reason. <laughs> oh yeah, God. it's he does it because of trauma. That's why he does, he does it the because of trauma. Shit. But the specific trauma is that his brother died to save him. His brother Henry Frankenstein, <laughs> <laughs> which I for some reason I cannot say the name Henry Frankenstein without laughing. Yeah, it's it's too it's, normal a name. It's like it's, yeah. it's like it's like Joe Frankenstein. <laughs> Yeah, no, my my brother Steve Frankenstein, <laughs> and I had to I had to I had to rescue uh, John Frankenstein, and that that's that's his tragic backstory. And again, if we want to read into uh, you know Max Landis's life a little bit, uh, working through some guilt about being adjacent to some young people dying around you. Hmm, perhaps Ooh, that's yeah. going Ooh. on here. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my 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 brother, uh, you know Henry Frankenstein. He uh, he died in a uh, a, pl- in a helicopter a, decapitated in a, in a hot air balloon accident. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yeah, it's like Max is like, what's a reason someone could really want to bring someone back to life? Oh, I've got it. What if like um, they were adjacent to a tragedy that they were responsible for? <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, God. And I mean, like, the dad, like, the, it also helps that his dad in this movie is, you know, like, neglectful and says, like, you're ashamed to the family name or whatever. <laughs> like, it's, it's, you, you do get, you do, we, our prayers, Esther, have finally been answered since we do get a little look into Max Landis's mind with this movie. Like, finally, we get to see him and he's just, like, a dumb, insecure guy, basically. Yeah. He's a very stupid guy with delusions of grandeur. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, I, it, it, the, the dad stuff, especially, is like 
Can you imagine being John Landis and telling Max Landis that he's, like, all things considered, that he's the disappointment to the family? Yeah, name? like, what? You made Animal House. Like, how? <laughs> how is Max Landis not, like, the perfect son for you? Like, he, he is... <laughs> How, how is he not like everything you could ever ask for? And anything, he's the smart one in the family. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God. No, no, this is wild. This was truly wild. I was like, the dad shit, the the tortured genius, like elements yeah. of it. Who who is a uh, who is Max Landis's uh, Igor then? Who who is his a uh, who is his accomplice? Is it is it it's one the of red his... letter media guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, in real life, he was like, it seems like he was basically like begging to be on all those shows. Yeah. It's like, hey, can I be on red letter media? Can I be on screen junkies? Like, can I be on all these shows? And meanwhile, like, apparently, red letter media fucking panned this movie too. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so I, cool. I admire the disrespect that like all these people showed him. Like, they'd have him around because it's cool to have some industry guy pop up in your videos but it's like no your movies suck man (laughs) oh god i'm so excited to read max landis's unproduced scripts because i want to see the ones that weren't good enough to get made (laughs) like (laughs) like if this if if this is what gets the green light i want to see the stuff that's too bad to make money (laughs) truly i mean this era was like insane you could write you could write a movie called like Wolfman Unchained and it would get like a billion dollars and you would get like some 34% on Rotten Tomatoes yeah like truly like 10 people would go to see it in the opening day like half of these movies had to be like money laundering schemes of some it was, sort it was yeah. before people realized you could just dump shit on VOD like it was <laughs> it was like actor ap, like it was after direct to DVD so, like, you know, direct-to-DVD doesn't exi- really exist anymore. People don't buy physical media. And, you know, people know direct-to-DVD is kind of, like, you know, it's slimy. So it's like, well, what do we do exactly? We can't just, like, dump shit on VOD. So I guess we've got to give it a wide release. And this movie opened in over 2,500 theaters. <laughs> and it had it set the record for the lowest opening gross at the time <laughs> for a movie Whoa. that opened that wide. <laughs> That's so cool. What's the re- how much did it make? Like $40? Uh, opening week. Opening weekend. Uh so let me see if I can pull up on Wikipedia since it's got one of the funniest uh paragraph stories. Um the film was originally projected to gross 12 million from 2700 theaters in its first 5 days, including 6 to 8 million in its opening weekend. However, after grossing 175,000 from its Tuesday night screenings and 620,000 on its opening day, five-day projections were lowered to 3 to 4 million. Oh my god. <laughs> the film ended up grossing 2.4 million in its opening weekend and 3.4 million over its first 5 days. Breaking the record set by Won't Back Down for the lowest opening gross in over 2,500 theaters until the movie Friend Request in 2017. <laughs> oh my god, what the fuck is Friend Request? <laughs> friend Request is a... Oh! Oh! <laughs> it is a movie... It is a movie directed by um, uh, Paul Verhoeven's uh, grandson, Simon <laughs> no Verhoeven. No way. Oh my god. And... Oh. Um, the poster, the tagline on the poster, you will not believe this, says, evil is trending. Yes! Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Yes! Awesome. 
That's yeah, so it's sick. it's one nepotism case de- like one nepotism case dethrones another. You know, you know what? Fucking Hayao Miyazaki needs to be nicer to his kid because Goro Miyazaki is the least bad of all the Hollywood fail sons. Like Goro, like Goro's just making like mediocre movies from a great studio. When there you've got like the Max Landis's and Brandon Cronenberg's running around, like be nicer to your fucking kid. I'm sorry. It could be so much worse. Yeah, literally. Yeah. God, did, uh, Victor Frankenstein opening weekend open over Thanksgiving opened in 12th place at the box office. 12th God place. I mean, it. it opened against a bunch of like really popular movies is the thing. Like it opened yeah. to get like, for some reason they decided it would be a good idea if they opened it the same weekend as fucking Creed, which, you know, made like a hundred million dollars. Yeah. yeah. To keep, for perspective, the Spectre, a James Bond movie nobody saw, in its fourth weekend, $18 million, fourth at the box office. Victor Frankenstein, in its debut, was 12th. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so amazing. That's so... Oh, God. It, it's such... Also, Max Landis continued his streak of being pissy about Rotten Tomatoes scores. Um, he said, quote, In response to the low score on Rotten Tomatoes, 27%, Writer Max Landis wrote the site, quote, breaks down entire reviews into just the word yes or no, making criticism binary in an, in a destructive, arbitrary way. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, which it's so funny to say that because if you go on a Metacritic, you know what the fucking score is? 36. About <laughs> the same. <laughs> it's about the fucking same. So it, it, it won't. It, no, it, it's not like, you know, you got fucked over by Rotten Tomatoes where there it, it's literally just the movie sucks. Yeah, the algorithm Rotten Tomatoes used fucked me over. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's so it's, online. I kind of respect how online he is. He was like everywhere. He was in, until he got like driven out of town, like on a like he, he got chased offline for like having 150 allegations against him. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so continuing the Victor Frankenstein story, um, he, 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 like, he has a showing for the college where he has to show the Frankenstein, the Frankenstein's monster, and he, has, he does it for a, a monkey that he reanimated. And I will say the practical effects, like, dead monkey is, like, really, like, kind of, like, really disturbing looking when they yes. first show it. And, yeah. like, really cool-looking, kind of. And I was like, oh, sick. Like, this, like, actually is, like, kind of a horrifying creature. And then, but once they animate it, it's just, like, a, a terrible CGI monkey <laughs> with, like, yeah. a brain. Like, literally Mojo Jojo. Like They don't even have him, like... I mean, this movie is really kind of handicapped by the PG-13, too, since, like, you want that monkey to just eat someone's face off. Oh, like, yeah, need, absolutely. Like, even, like, the fucking Planet of the Apes reboot had a monkey chew someone's fingers off. This monkey just kind of, like, runs around and gets mad, and then they kill it. Like, yeah. It's, it's, they don't do anything cool with the rabid monkey, and it's, it's, a, it's a complete shame. Like, you, that's a waste of your fucking evil demon monkey that you've made. That, that's the weirdest thing about this whole movie to me, though, is, like, it's not a horror movie. Like, yeah. every Frankenstein no, movie, not at except all. for the one that is a comedy, is supposed to be... Like, at least trying to be scary, but this is just, like, I don't even know. It's just, like, a straightforward drama, basically. Like, 
like Young Frankenstein, even like it, it has the aesthetics of a horror movie at least too. Like it, it looks like one of the Universal Frankenstein movies. This doesn't look like anything. Yeah. It looks like Sherlock. That like Sherlock Holmes. Uh, like Sherlock Holmes: The Game of Shadows. of Shadows. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Book yeah. of Shadows. One of the one of those uh, great sequel titles <laughs> that were so popular in the uh, since everyone was afraid of the lead of uh, numbers at that point. Yeah. Every sequel yeah. was just called like Sherlock Holmes Redemption. Yeah, it was Redemption, Resurrection, um, Rising was a very popular one. Rises, like all, all, lots of R's there. And then but, the tagline uh, would just be like, Holmes will rise. <laughs> Holmes will rise. Yeah. <laughs> elementary yeah. was, it, elementary is out. <laughs> Elementary is out. Now it's now it's university or something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> something dumb like that. Oh uh, god, yeah, no. Or it's not a mystery anymore or something. <laughs> like it <laughs> What a great fucking time for movies. The 2010s were so awesome. Yeah, you but, could pick uh, a movie called like Arthur Revisited and like <laughs> about King Arthur where he's like people are wearing like um like all the soldiers are wearing like SWAT team uniforms, basically, and yeah. like it will make like twenty dollars. Yeah. yeah, no, the, the, and also the, have the, Charles Dance in it. Charles Dance is in all yeah. of these, literally Charles all Dan of these. Charles Dance was in. You know, the funny thing is, he was in the Lady Ghostbusters movie, and he, I think he got one of like two or three good lines total in the movie. Oh like my he, god! He, there, there were like there were like three funny lines in the entire in the entirety of that Ghostbusters movie, and I think all of them were delivered by the male characters. <laughs> I think that was like my big impression at the time, which was the funniest thing about the movie <laughs> is that you got three funny lines and you don't give it to any of the women in the movie. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. No. So. They, they, they have the, the monkey scene, and then, uh, you know, he gets expelled from the school. And then, you know, the, the uh, what is it, the inspector comes in and raids their, uh, raids their house without a warrant and finds all of his experiments and stuff. And mm -hmm. speaking of half-digested Hollywood cliches, there is a fantastic scene where Andrew Scott's character gets like the... No, it's that you're a you're a renegade cop, you know. You're off the case. <laughs> they have us, yeah, literally. Like, and he's meanwhile he's just like this like 1890s. It's like Jack the Rippers. It's like Jack the Ripper times. And they're yeah. like, turn in your badge and your yeah. flintlock pistol. <laughs> yeah. Turn in your badge and your club. Turn like, in your sword <laughs> cane and your uh, rosary. Yeah. And the only thing he's been seen doing is just like he talks to Victor Frankenstein one time and his chief yeah. is like, you're out of control. <laughs> it's like so no. crazy, like because the reason he is after them is he's at the scene of them breaking out of the circus and he's yeah. like, looks like a classic hunchback escape situation to me. <laughs> and then um, someone's like, sir, we found this severed lion foot. And yeah. he's like, oh, my God, this is the so lion foot from the lion foot, the missing lion foot case that I've been <laughs> studying. It's like he's just like obsessed with someone who's just taking like a grave robber. Yeah. It's like it seems a little low rent for like the main cop of this story to be the concerned about. <laughs> okay, so I don't know shit about the uh the history of laws and um you know how You, you how don't, you're not an expert. 
I'm not an expert on, <laughs> okay. uh, on on league on you know on laws and legality, especially in this time mm-hmm. in uh, you know in England. But did the concept of a search warrant exist in <laughs> 1890s England? That was on my brain the entire time. Like, did was that something that was taken into consideration during this fucking during the Jack the Ripper times? Since I I am genuinely like, if it did, you know what? I'll, I'll roll with it. I'll take that L. But it feels like it's just Max Landis digested all of these ideas from cop movies and nothing else and just put, like, a cop movie in the middle of his Frankenstein story. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. so crazy. Like, I, I do not think that there were, like, police stations, like, they are shown in the movie, like... Yeah, in... <laughs> that would be funny if they had like a really anachronistic like '70s police station, <laughs> like the one from Cruising in the middle of the movie. <laughs> yeah, oh my god! <laughs> like they just have like cops and like full getup and just have like guns and they're smoking cigarettes <laughs> in the middle of like 1880s England. <laughs> uh yeah, no, but it's it's such a great little great little moment. And anyways, uh, they raid his uh, apartment or no, his, his mansion. And then they um they reveal the big reveal in the movie is that uh <laughs> Victor the real Igor was uh was died of a drug overdose and was frozen by uh was frozen by Victor. And uh it, it, Igor is extremely betrayed by this. Igor is very, very upset. But I, I was thinking the entire time, like what he shouldn't he be more upset if like Frankenstein like actually killed him? Since like they the movie like clarifies twice that no Frankenstein didn't kill this guy he just died of died of an overdose that's yeah. it that feels like that that feels like a studio note to me it's like it, it really seems like Frankenstein killed a guy and we can't have that be the case can you make it really clear that it was not his fault yeah no they they have like the the, the Moriarty characters just like mm, yes you know i knew i knew the real igor Waste of space, a drug addict, a real drug addict. And I just have this mental image in my head of an opium addict, Igor. <laughs> but that probably God. would have been a more interesting take on the Igor character than the Daniel Radcliffe thing. Yeah, then he's just meek all the time. Like if he got really, really into opium. And they also do make Lorelai his uh, love interest. Like they, they make him his... Uh, his his paramour and his object of affection that he has to compete uh he has to kind of like you know spend half of his time with her and half of his time with frankenstein and they have the classic moment where you know he goes out to a ball with her and then frankenstein comes back and everything's going haywire and it's like you are wasting your time with women (laughs) with women with yeah. j- it was a trifling air compared to what we were doing okay. <laughs> for really, science. It's really funny because like half the time their relationship is like just outwardly abusive, and Frankenstein is like, "If you don't help me do my monster, I'm gonna fucking kill you." And yeah. then the other half of the time is like this weird rom com like love triangle of like, oh, "I see you are spending time with that whore again," instead of yeah. working in my lab. Yeah, it's it's the gay elements of it are wild. Yeah. I, we were just talking about like the relationship between uh, Igor and Lorelai, like the, the just the the extremely non-sexual relationship they have, where they just kind of stand in like a field together. Yeah, <laughs> literally holding hands. Lorelai's and character the- is like just there to like, uh, literally just a window dressing. <laughs> yeah, 
No, I mean it, it. It feels like she's such like a generic like um, what is it? Such a generic like love interest in the movie. It feels like um, it feels like they had to cut a speech where she told Igor, "You're getting too deep into your work, and you're neglecting our love, or whatever." Like every like neglected wife has to do in one of those movies. Yeah, like you know, like you know, in Dark Waters when um. Mark Ruffalo's wife is like, you're focusing too much on the DuPont case. Your kids need you. <laughs> it feels like she was like, you're focusing too much on the Frankenstein's monster. You know, I need you. Yeah, it should have I been do. the version of that that's in like every movie about like civil rights or like, or like slavery where it's like, you know, the, the white ally who's trying to end it, his wife is like, I know what you're doing is right, but you need to be here for your family. I think it should have been that. I think it should have been like, yeah, I know literally. that trying to resurrect dead people is important, <laughs> but you need to be here for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such a, it's such an incredible, just incredibly stupid idea. And I, I don't want to hype up this movie as like a guilty pleasure or so bad it's good because like it's, it is somehow, despite how amazingly stupid it is, it is incredibly boring. It's like back, it is, It's like white noise. I kept yeah, tuning yeah. out. I kept having to bring myself back. Yeah, no, it, it, it feels like it's like gliding over you. Like it's not even like painfully slow in the way like other boring movies are. It's just like it just just like goes straight into your head and then just like leaves almost immediately. It, it 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 just it feels like gliding along like the worst slip and slide in the world. Just nothing is happening throughout the entire thing. Though I think um I think the the part that like fully broke my brain was at the end when you know naturally they have to well they have some like scheme I don't really understand involving Lorelai to trick the uh to get into Scotland Yard the castle. Like, she just kind of, like, stands there and, like, talks to someone, and then Igor sneaks away. What the fuck was I, happening there? I, I, I couldn't follow a single thing that was happening in that entire sequence. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, was, like, no really wild. Going on. Like, what, like, what, like, what was the scheme there? Like, she, she just, like, shows up wearing a red dress, and she's like, oh, she is love, and then, like, Igor just, like, walks in a different direction, <laughs> and that's it. It's, like, wild. The, the I loved when they, like, brought the monster to life, they, like lifted the monster up the monster looked like um nemesis from the resident evil movies yes! also or um <laughs> like, mr x yeah mr x and um actually worse than mr mr x looked cool in those That's, movies yeah if he had lived long enough to get a cool hat he would have been like mr x yeah <laughs> he, he um, looks like the he looks like the uh like the flesh-colored version of the human being from community that's what he looks like in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like they just wrapped a pink skin suit around like a really large guy. <laughs> That's he, it. He's like um literally um I when they like bring the monster up to get struck by lightning, there's like five points of like electricity like around it like in a ring. Mm. And um, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to make like a pentagram out of lightning with the monster at the center. And that's how they're going to like shock the monster to life. That's pretty cool. Like visually, I guess I can't wait to see that happen. And they just don't. Yeah, they have balloons up in the sky. Yeah, they just just don't do that. It's just like (laughs) they just send like one little stream at a time right into the monster. You know what? You know what the part that like made me actually mad was? 
like this is the part where you can tell we're so much more clever than the original movies is they don't have uh, Victor say it's alive. They like have him shout, this isn't life. Like they, 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 they instead of the most iconic line, they swap it for something else. That was the part like, all right, fuck this shit. He this does is- say he does say it's life once with the monkey. And he says yeah. it like this. It's alive. <laughs> yeah. They do it like very, very like under his breath or whatever. Like, oh, God. Yeah, the strangest and, thing about that ending scene is like it reintroduces their narration where Igor's like, you know this part of the story. All the lightning and the monster about and you you think it's gonna like go a different way, but it's the same, like it's a very traditional yeah. Frankenstein story. <laughs> like it wakes up except, and it's a monster. Yeah, it's yeah, a monster. Literally. Except like they they instead of like, you know, it they having to like, you know, the mob killing it or whatever, they just immediately stab it a couple times and it dies. <laughs> Yeah, literally. like that's that's it. God, what a what an amazingly stupid movie. So and to wrap this up, let's let's reassess what we think of Max Landis. You know, obviously Hessa, you're you're a famous Hollywood writer, so you know Max Landis personally. But mm-hmm. um, we understand if what, you don't uh, want to burn what, any bridges our... on this episode. Yeah, yeah. What a what what is a what is our continuing read? Like how I feel like this is I'm starting to get a handle on him now. Like I'm finally. The mystery is becoming clearer, and I think is uh, I think the um, it's this mix of uh, it's this extreme insecurity. I think that really um, really drives Max Landis. I think that like what separates him from other Hollywood cases is that his insecurity drives him to seem smarter than all the material he works with. He he is fundamentally. He wants to make stupid nerd bullshit, but because of his upbringing, he wants to prove that he's smarter than it. Yeah, I think he's. I think truly, he's the dark genius of his own mind, and I think that's <laughs> really what we saw today. Someone's looking for an executive producer credit. <laughs> Someone's looking for Max Landis to finance them. I no. think the one that makes this one unique, though, is that like as opposed to a lot of the other ones you've done so far, this wasn't like a spec script that got picked up. Like it was yeah. like Fox wanted to do a, mo- a new Frankenstein movie and he was the hot property. So they got him to write it. And I think it's really telling that like, he clearly just had no ideas, right? Like he ha- he was like, all right, I guess I'll just like write the normal Frankenstein story basically. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's like, I think it's revealing that like when he's not given the full space to just be like, all right, I'm just going to like, take some pills and like have a 90 page script ready in the next three hours. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like a divorce movie. It's like, yeah. like <laughs> how Noah Baumbach wrote Madagascar three Europe's most wanted to like yeah. paper his yeah. divorce. It's like, that is what it feels like. But he's, you, you learn the most about an auteur through their like for hire gigs usually. And yeah. this is, this is, yep. this is the, the best window we've gotten into the mind of Landis yet. It is, it is a, and we, we see that underneath the spoiled Hollywood brat and the wanna, wannabe feminist is just this insecure fucking dork who who has no confidence in his own ideas and what he cares about. So And yeah. makes bad movies also. And makes really, really bad oh, yes. movies. Horrible, horrible movies. All right. That's going to do it. Folks, listen to Seeking Derangements if you want more Hessa. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you know, also, you know, all of you already follow Hessa on Twitter. So, uh, you know, just like mute and block her. And she, she needs she needs less followers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and listen yeah. to me on a closer look podcast yes listen to a closer look i need to plug that i did the music for that podcast so oh my god did you to... really oh my god yeah the money mcdonald's music i did all of those songs and ah. i did some of the uh backing music too oh my god amazing yeah so um i keep forgetting to plug that but yes listen to a closer look that uh that has me hessa and um patrick. a lot of our friends patrick yeah uh will senate like a lot of our good friends are involved with that so it's one it is like genuinely one of the funniest podcasts it's so you'll fucking ever listen funny. to it's insane how good it is so please please in fact don't listen to it because you will you'll stop listening to our show you'll keep <laughs> you'll listen to that and said fuck you yeah don't follow will senate go to his house steal all of his xanax and that's gonna do it goodbye bye Before- before we go, this episode is dedicated to the memory of Jean-Luc Godard. Yeah. <laughs>